Welcome to the Life After Kids podcast with Drs. Brooke and Lynn. We're getting real, raw, and vulnerable on all things midlife. We're sharing our friendship of over 20 years, and we're having honest conversations about our struggles and what it really takes to live a meaningful life after kids. So brew your coffee or steep your tea and pull up a chair. Let's have a chat. Together, we'll rewrite the next chapter in Show Midlife Who's Boss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life After Kids with Drs. Brooke and Lynn. I'm Dr. Brooke. I'm Dr. Lynn. Thank you, ladies, for joining us again <laughs> this week. Yes. I am looking forward to this conversation. I have a, I have a little personal story to share, <laughs> and I'm excited. Yeah, we're talking about parenting older kids um, this week and letting go of the controls. So this came up for us when we sit down and we're planning out our topics for the next quarter. Uh, you had a story and you thought, like, I'm going to just share that because this is a great discussion, I think, for many of you out there that have older kids and we're, or if they're on the cusp, especially, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's such a trust thing. You've spent 13, 14, 15 plus years now pouring into these little humans. Yeah. And you're hoping that some things stuck Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're about to like with, with your son, Anthony, he flew the nest this year and you're about to see, (laughs) (laughs) you're about to see what actually like, you know, yeah. The fruits of your labor, so to speak. And it's sort of like a, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) What will we find here? So yeah, it's it's a scary thing to like, I think we all do it. I know I did it like as he was, as we were prepping through the summer for him to leave, it's like, you ask yourself, did I do a good enough job? Did I prepare him the way he needed to be prepared? Did I, you know, like we, I think as mothers, we all do this, right? Because it's like all that stuff that we did, was it enough? And Mm -hmm. if it wasn't, guess what? Too late. (laughs) (laughs) And not, that's not really true. I'm being like facetious. No, it is actually really true. You can't cram this. No, yes, right? but also we never stop parenting. Like, uh, you no. know, like we'll always be able to guide yes. them. But, um, and this is like, this this story that I'm about to share is a little bit frivolous. It's not like a super like deep, this is a, just like a, right, there could be It's bigger. I think it's relatable because I think many of us are going to have a similar yeah. type of a situation. So Yeah, exactly. And I've shared this with some other women who have said, huh, that's an interesting perspective. And it maybe is going to allow some mothers to like, um, let go of any like guilt that they feel around. Anyway, let's okay. just get right to the topic. Let's just stop beating around the bush. So here's the deal. Um, my son, Anthony, sorry, if you're listening to this, which I also know you're never going to listen to this. So I can say just about anything I want to about you, <laughs> but, um, is, not let me just say that I have not done a good parenting job of prepping my kids to be responsible with their cleaning habits because instead of me forcing them to do it, I just did it because it was it was the path of least resistance. Okay, so, I'm gonna say, can I interject yep, here real go. quick? I don't want to get us off topic, no. but I have a girl and you have boys. I this is not a huge sampling size, so this is not like data that I've like. Yeah, you know, scientific data, one girl, but I observed <laughs> no, and with other families yes. that I know, I've observed that the moms that have boys tend to be less on that than I think it's a gender role, and I, I mean, we don't get all wrapped around the axle around that. And in, in fact, I kind of prefer more traditional, not prefer traditional gender roles, but I think it's it's you something you don't have that? to buck against either necessarily, right? right? Like, um. 
Yeah. I mean, that's me personally, however yeah. you feel yeah. great. And I think all of our personal experiences color that, and I've yeah. not had any negative experiences with, with that. So give me some grace on that Yeah, and educate me if I need to know something yeah. different. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know, um, <laughs> totally just hijacked your story. No, it's a, but it, anyway, go on. Cause I'm listening as a mom to girls and going, wow, like how, how is that boy going to survive? But the truth is, is like, I think it's, we, we treat our boys and girls sometimes a little different. Yeah. Sometimes. And I think sometimes it's just the way a child is wired, boy or girl, you could be wired to have the tendency to want to have a clean, organized space or not care. But I also like, there again, here's this question of environment versus what's, what's built in you versus what you're taught, right? Like what you come. So there's a whole thing to unpack there, but let me just get, let me get to the story because I keep circling around it. So Anthony and I were talking on the phone one day, this is like maybe three months into him being in college. And I was, you know, just checking in, how are things going? How's the team? How's practice? How's schoolwork? How's your roommate? Are you liking your roommate? Yes, mom. I really like my roommate a lot. He's like super good friend. I have a lot of other friends too that are just as close, maybe some a little bit closer too. But I think I'm probably always going to room with him because we are, I can't even say with a straight face, we're both so clean. (laughs) It's like, um, you're both clean. How's that? And he's like, yeah, he's like, you wouldn't believe, like, we both pick up our room so much, like, to the point that when our friends come into our room, they're like, wow, you guys are really neat. What's going on? And he's like, mom, I'm just being honest. I don't think I could live with somebody that doesn't pick up after themselves and clean too. And I, I had to keep my mouth from dropping on the floor because I thought, where have you been for the last 20 years as you lived in my house and left your shit, sorry for the language, all over the place, right? But turns out that he's in this dorm and he's living on his own and he's keeping his room super neat and tidy to the point that other kids are noticing and he's so happy that his roommate does the same thing. And P.S., he's not sure if his roommate does it because he set the stage. The reason why I, I want to share this conversation is because I had, especially in the last year leading up to him going to school, I felt that need to like cram everything into one year of the things that he needed to know. And I'm like, this kid's a slob. He doesn't clean up. He doesn't do laundry. He doesn't put stuff away. Like A, what's it going to look like when he goes to school? And B, bigger picture, like when he gets married, I'm so sorry to your spouse because you, my kids, your husband is a slob, right? So I, I spent a good six months of the last year he was in the house full time on him. Like pick up your room, clean your room. You're going to get grounded. You're losing this. You're, and we were just butting heads. And what would happen is he would do it eventually, but not quickly. And what 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 the result was, it would get done, but it took me so much energy mm-hmm. and so much stress of telling him to do it. We were butting heads. He was like irritated with me. I was irritated with him. I did that for a full on probably six months. And then finally I was like, Brooke, what are you, like, what is your end game here? You didn't set the stage for them doing this when they were little. He's not done it. Like, it's going to be less stress for you. Like, if he doesn't care, fine. If it's, it, I, and by the way, also, I'm not the mom that can just shut the door, walk past the mess because it just drives, like, I just, I far no, less stress when my, my mm-hmm. things are relatively, and I'm not, I'm not as good about everything in a place as you are, but I still don't like a huge mess. So I was like, okay, you need it. You want it to be done for your own stress level. 
do you want to, to the, the stress of forcing him to do it? I'm like, just let it go. That ship has sailed. It's not going to take you very much time to go and pick up the clothes and make the bed and whatever. And now he's got his clean space. I've got it done in less time. We're not arguing. There's no stress. And it took me probably 15 minutes out of my day. So that's how we finished senior year. Also with the mom guilt of like, I have not prepared him for life. But now take a step back and I hear that story and I'm going, huh. Could it possibly be in a situation like that If we create an environment for our children that they get used to, they're watching what we do. And he, even though wasn't doing it himself, knew what it was like to live in a space that was picked up and was cleaned up and the laundry was done and it was organized. Then when it's time for him to be on his own, nobody's nagging him to do it, but he's used to having it that way. He now wants it for himself and he's going to do it too. I think you're, you just hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. You created a standard yeah. for him that he knew he wasn't willing to dip below or right. at this point, which is great. Cause some, you know, not everybody's so Anthony, we'll talk, come back to what you did there. Cause I think you did so many things right there, but not every kid is going to go to college and learn that like day one, like no. he did. And he got lucky enough to have a similar roommate. So what would have happened? Think about. Right. So think about if he had a messy roommate and he's, he's not going to nag his buddy and no. eventually maybe his standard. Cause so it's, it goes, there's to a show, lot of things, right. But we are so influenced by our environment. I would, that's the overarching message is get your kids, you know, have that standard that you create in your house. And then when they do leave, encourage them, we don't have control over it, but wherever you can encourage them to get in situations that are going to help them raise their standards. So many moms in the life after kids community are seeking more purpose now that their kids are grown, but over and over again, we hear this one thing. I don't know where to start. That's why we created the life after kids goals framework and user's guide. It's the one tool you need to design your new chapter and it will show you where to start. The best part is it's free. Use the link go.lifeafterkids.com forward slash goals framework to get yours now. That's go.lifeafterkids.com forward slash goals framework. Let's get started redesigning our life today. Absolutely. And I think that the two messages there for me that I would want to pass on to another mom is number one, pick your battles. Like, because there I could have chose, that could have been the hill I died on and just created all this stress around it. Right. And just force the issue, force the issue, force the issue. So pick your battles. I said that when my kids were little, it still applies now, like pick your battles. And two, um, you very, very often, and we've said this before, Our kids learn more by watching what we do than us nagging them and telling them what to do all the time. So you set that example and you set the stage. Um, But this is backtracking a little bit to what you said. I can also see it's an interesting thing to talk out here because another kid like could just, even though they were raised in that type, and I'm talking about a clean room, but this could apply to anything. Mm -hmm. Like I'm pretty sure my middle son, I do the same things with him now and I'm, 
fairly certain he's going to go to school and just be a total disaster mess slob. Just because I don't, you know, like there's still that piece of what's in you. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like that. Where's the environment? Yes. Nature versus and we're nurture talk line. about that a little bit too. And with the kids that are, you know, because we have kids that are more mirror, like closer to mirror image marriage images of us ourselves and then we have those kids that come into our lives and we all know them usually middle children <laughs> <laughs> sorry andrew <laughs> but that are the complete opposite of yeah. us right and i do believe god gives us with those children to learn some very important messages yeah but, um or very important things but um to your point going back so like if if you could go back which the hypothetical question but if you could go back, would you have started the the cleanly journey, cleanliness journey earlier with them? Or do you, are you saying that it kind of played out perfectly? Because one of my things that I've written here is that like, just in my experience, it's better to do things that you want, like the habits to instill that it's better to do that gradually. And you do have to pick your battles. You can't like have them yeah. be perfect in all areas. So it's like, what is important to you? What yeah. do you want to see them? Like, think about that. What do you want to see them take away from your house? Yeah. But it's, and then on the second time, on the second piece of that, it's never too late. So who's not, who's to say that that six months that you, I mean, I think you got exasperated and just were like, it's not working, but who's to say that that six months that you poured into him in senior year wasn't actually really good boot camp training for him because he got used to a little bit more of a clean, cleaner environment. It, yeah. I mean, it's, who knows? It's hard to say, but, and I will tell you also that, and I'm sure many of you mothers can relate to this as well. He came home for Christmas. He came home for Thanksgiving <laughs> and he did not carry on with that cleanliness that he keeps in the dorm. It was everywhere, like probably worse than it's ever been. But to some extent, that's, you know, he's on it. He, he knows home is a safe place for him to come home and just, it's like you're on vacation when you go to the hotel, you know, maybe you keep a pretty neat yeah. chip when you're at home, but when you get to the hotel, you're going to let things go a little bit because you're on vacation and you don't have to put everything in its place, you know? So here's the other piece to that when it comes with, with moms, like, especially, and if you're a number two on the Enneagram, you probably really struggle for this because number you two are the caregivers, helpers. Yes. Yep. And you Natural probably caregivers. feel like, and I have a little bit of this in me, like I, and also if you, one of your love languages is acts of service, like mine is. So when my kids were growing up, it was like, I felt like I was loving on them by cleaning up their rooms and keeping a neat space. And like, that was part of me showing my motherly, motherly love. Do you know what I'm saying? Of like, you want to, you want to clean up for them. You want to do that. You want to give them everything, meet their basic yep. needs. And so where's the line of like, and this is probably a conversation for moms with younger kids, but where's the line of like being a mother to them, but also teaching them the things they need to be independent. Yeah. So anyway, and, and I may have know, derailed us a little bit. Well, no, I mean, I think it's a really cool conversation. And again, I don't have the answers to this and I'm not, please don't state like, don't. We're not parenting this. experts. No. I'm like, I don't want their spouse to come back to me going, oh my gosh, he's so much work. Like he doesn't, yeah. like I've got to pick up, got, I don't want to set the scenario where they think that like, yeah whoever the other person is in their life is, con you know, so that's where I'm like, we should all be doing equal parts. Like I expect my husband to do equal parts. I was parts. just going to say, I mean, that's where the the father in the home is a great role model there because Ken does a lot around the house. Yeah. And so the boys are also picking that. They're seeing that. Yeah. And then it, that's a standard for them. Right. And, and here's um, the thing. And it's natural for them. When I was growing up, and this is a whole nother conversation too, like 
Oh my gosh. I was the slob. You couldn't see too. Who am I over here? You know what? Like, well, we, we just Betty was cleaning up Betty. after you all yeah. the time. Acts of service, caregiver, hello. Like we would just, I don't even want to share yeah. that with you guys, just how doting of a mother she was. But I think, can I just say, I think that was why I went the opposite a little bit with Lila because I wanted her to be independent. I wanted her that. to be like, and not that my mother made me dependent on her. Please don't like, absolutely not. She's a saint. Sure. She's an absolute saint. Sure. But I do remember having it be a little bit of a rocky road when I moved out on my own because it was a little bit of, ooh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and even to this day, I tend to like, oh, Mark, can you go get this for me? You know, because that's you just- You were used uh, to it. Yeah, something I was used and, to. But we overcome that, it, once again, self-awareness. And I and I think, same with me, I was such a slob. I mean, and, you know, my parents do such a good job of like, if they've ever been visiting and I've been yelling at the kids to pick up, they're like, chime in, well, you should have seen your mother's room when she was growing up. You couldn't see the carpet because there was so, you know, like, they're so good at like, you know, undermining anything that I say to the kids. But it is true, but- same as I'm talking about here is my mom, we always had a clean house, like every, and that's just what I got used to. And that's what I wanted for myself. But some people will then say like that either a, they grew up with parents that was like, was just, there was like messes everywhere and they couldn't, it was like, they didn't like it forced them to want to be cleaner yeah, yeah. or the opposite direction that their parents ran such a tight, neat yeah. ship that they, when they got older, they bucked against that and they didn't want it yep. to be that way. So it's like, yeah, I think it's a function <laughs> of your kids seeing that they are in control at some point and then they do get to choose. And so, you know, I think that's a good lesson for those of us with children to think like we want them to, to see it as a positive thing. So yeah. where you said, pick your battles, like make sure that's something that's for them, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I want uh, we're doing this because I want you to be right. Like check yourself or are you really doing it out of a need for what's your, your end game, your environment to be right. perfect and maybe exactly. right. And if that's meeting your need, then you're responsible to do it. That's where we're at. You know, when we got, when we realized that in my house and that I, before I go to bed, I need, sorry, I'm yeah. All kinds of crazy when it comes to that, but I need to have the pillows in just a certain way. It just, it helps me to go to sleep. All right. But I do not, I would never put that on my family because that's not something that they need to do. That's something I need. Yeah. Right? They don't need it to go to sleep. No. But Lila does her own laundry. Yeah, absolutely. And she, al and she always has. And she always has. And yeah. she cooks a lot of her own food and oh, mostly because yeah. she's a better cook than I am. But, um, and also in fairness, she loves it. Yes. Yeah. She does. Yeah. And my boys are cooking now too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, they don't cook to the extent every, that they, every kid has their thing. They all have their thing, but it's just such an interesting, I, I think this is the conversation here is that like, A, that we need to let go of the mom guilt and shame of not doing it good enough because it tends to work out. Um, And sometimes some of the things that we think we do our best at are, it's not going to, you know, like you could be the mom that kept the neat ship and had them doing the thing and then they leave and buck against it. So like it works out and give yourself some grace. And also like, it just the leading by example, like being, and that could, that goes so far beyond. This is a more frivolous, like the house being clean, but that applies to like, are you moving your body every day? Are you having, do you have a morning routine? Do you spend time? Like, do you save money? Do you save money? Do you... How do you treat other people? Yep. How do you talk to your spouse? Because they're Love watching it. 
that this is we can extrapolate this sort of like frivolous talk to the bigger picture of like you know the best way to parent them is to be that gandhi phrase be the change you wish to see we could switch that up to be the the adult that you want your children to be oh that's good Mm -hmm. right because they're gonna i think that's really where yep and they have their own road to build and it's going to be dependent on who they are as people right so I think, yes, because right, they're all, we're all wired differently. Yep. And it's not a perfect science, but this is a great time to have a conversation about how, you know, especially if you have multiple kids, you would probably agree that they're not all the same, that they're hundred, right. And very often, and if there's two parents in the home, very often you'll get one child. That's just like one parent, one child. That's just like the other parent. One and child, the that, where the hell did they come from? <laughs> Russian roulette. You don't know what you're going to get, right? Yeah. Or like you wonder, like, are you my kid? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so when we were talking about that, it's really interesting because I'm an observer of that. Again, I'm not a parenting expert, but I've observed a lot of that. And we just have one child in the home. So I can also compare Mm -hmm. it to that. Mm -hmm. And I, what I've seen (laughs) is that Okay. If you, if you're a pretty self-confident person, if you tend to be, you know, and you're going to know yes or no, that's not a black or white thing. Um, you tend to have a lot of faith in the kids that are like you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You agree? Sure. Right. Cause the, it's a, if it's you're a self-confident, hypothesis. you probably also like, I don't want to say love yourself, but like are comfortable with yourself. If you're self-confident, then you probably done some things and gotten some good results. And so you see the child who's similar and can do the similar things that you, you don't worry as much that they're not, you you just feel like they're probably going to be okay. Yes. Right. On the opposite side, if you are not as Mm self-confident, which, Hey, we're all on a spectrum. So wherever you are is okay. Right. But if you tend to be somebody who like questions yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. then that kid who's like you, you tend to not be, you tend to worry about them a little bit more. Mm, so right? interesting. The opposite. Mm-hmm. So who are you as a mom? I guess I would ask that. Who are you as, you know, the, the other parent in the home? That's a really interesting uh, thought. Observ- observation, right? And then, so, because the key is, is they are not many versions of ourselves, right? How many times have we heard that? These are not replications of us. Mm-hmm. So their experiences, they may share qualities that yeah. are similar, but their experience, their lens, their strengths, everything is slightly different. And so what we don't want to do is squash or project our experience, our results onto them and assume that it's going right, that that's going to be helpful. That they're going to see life through the same lens and they're going to, the right. same things that we did are going to work right. for them. Yeah. And this goes back to our work as getting to know yourself really on a deep level. Yeah. Then you extrapolate that out, sure. use your word to get to know your children on a deep sure. level so that you can foster them in all the ways that they are wired. Yeah. It's so cool. It's right? great. Yeah. It's and, so good. And there's a system for that. If you're, if you want to know more about that, you have to email us, but, um, and we talk about some of those things in our courses, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if that's, if that's helpful, because just, I, I just, I think that that would help a lot of relationships in the home with children in particular who aren't quite like you just to know that like, just because if you're a very confident person and they're not quite like you, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a failure or not succeed. They just, they need help in seeing how they are wired and, and examples. Yes. They need more guidance. I think mm-hmm. they, need, they mm-hmm. need more support 
through their lens of how they get things done. Yes. Or, and sometimes it's not more guidance. Sometimes it's just more, um, affirm, aff- affirmative affirmations over them, speaking positive positivity yeah. over yeah. them and assuring them that, because listen, if you, if you have, so we have a scenario in our house where we have two, the three boys two one of them is a lot like me. One of them's a lot like my husband, Ken, which <laughs> would, <when, laughs> I mean, when he's the youngest and when the other two, I've said multiple times, like, guys, don't leave me here with your dad and little dad. Cause I don't know what I'm going to do anyway. And then we have one that's different from all of us. And so where was I going with that? I got sidetracked <laughs> thinking about it uh, to your point. Like, Validation. Yeah. Uh, like, um, validating that they're, you know, because this is the thing. If you know, if you know this, like if you can see like, wow, I, you, if you know that you relate to one, you know, you're, you can see it for yourself, then the chances are very good that they're seeing it even more than you are. And they're noticing that they maybe are a little bit different than everyone in the house. (laughs) Right. And so you really, and they might be like, thank goodness I'm different than all these people, but they could also be hopefully like they're confident enough to say like, these yeah. are, you know, like I'm different, whatever, and own it and think that they're special. But very often it's the opposite of that where they're like, well, where do I fit in? Because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like I fit in with a family. So how are you, you need to be aware of that and speak, speak affirm- affirmations to them and let them know that like they're perfect just the way they are. And they don't have to be anybody but themselves. So and good. also what tools do you need to bring out your greatness? So good. The tricky part of that, just to play devil's advocate no yeah please is when somebody's not quite like you yep it's hard because again we always just need to stop and not project but it's hard to see it's hard to see exactly how to validate them Mm -hmm. because what we would want validated is often what we tend to validate and there again could be a completely different yes avenue that they need so here's how you need to do that you need to really be observers of your children mm-hmm. and look for past successes so it's the yes. same thing we take our women back through or women through when we're helping them to get to know themselves so where are some past successes that this child has you know gotten great results um, combine that with what things come easy to them yes. so you know if we're t- we might as well name name them <laughs> name them <laughs> now you've said it (laughs) but you know some maybe your child has success with coding or computers or math or science or something and that you know you're like you're not in that realm just go there with them and try to learn about that and like what you've done with movies and things that oh yeah has find where you can have a common ground observers so the overarching point is be an observer of your child Mm -hmm. and when you see them have some success ask them about it. You don't need to know all the answers. You can say, Oh my gosh, like, okay. So I just watched you do that. And that looked like it came pretty easy for you. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Like so good. Those are just ways just go into it, assuming that you need to learn more and it's not, it's not, it's okay that they're different. So good. They will still, right. Cause again, going back, if you're super confident, you're, you're, you're worried that they're not going to turn out. Okay. Right. They are going to turn out okay if they have the right guidance and they understand themselves. They're going to get they need everybody to understand themselves potential. and have a good self worth. Yes, right. Exactly. Um, and here's another little piece to this puzzle. If you're a mom, because this is conversations I've had to have with my son, one of my sons, 
if you are a mom that has more than one child, one of my biggest hopes, like I, I pray over my kids every day. I pray. I've been praying since they were little for the right spouses for them. I pray, pray for their spouses. I pray for I their spouses that. and that they, yes, that the right, they find the right person. I pray for more recently now that they're getting older. I pray for my, our, mine and my husband's relationship with them, that mm-hmm. they'll always want to be involved in our lives and the same with us. And I pray for their relationships with each other because now as they're getting older, one of my biggest things that are on my heart is one, that we have a strong enough connection that they'll always want to be in our life. But two, that they'll always want to be in each other's life because there's going to be a point in time, likely, it doesn't always work this way, but likely God willing that they're going to be here on this earth without us. And you want them, you know, that's their connection. They should be close. And so there's the other piece where we're talking about kids being different to speak to them about, like, I've had to have conversations with one of my sons in particular. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but like, give him, give your brother a break. Like he's your brother. And just because he's not like you doesn't make him less than, You know, and we could have this as an overarching, just as human beings, we should, we are talking about this now, but just because somebody's different doesn't make them less than we should celebrate the differences and meet each other where we are and hold space for the other person to be different. Right. For me, that's, that's a, it's an important conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I think it's important too. So on the other side of that, like, just as you were talking, I'm like, you you can you can probably overvalidate us, other kids that are like you too. Yes. So watch that, and then pointing out differences as much is maybe not as um like a win win as much as going into it assuming everybody's different, including the kids that are like you. Right. So it all comes back to. We've got, say you've got five, I'm using your family as an example. We've got five people in the family. There are no clones in that house. Everybody has their unique strengths. And hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? hundred percent. And we see each, we have to see each all, we have to see each other for all that we are different as well as all that we are the same. And celebrate that. And celebrate that. Yes. And that's kind of what I was getting at. So thank you for verbalizing that better. And, And that applies to doing that with our kids, but just to the world in general is that we should be lifting up our differences. Yeah. Right. We in, in, in celebrating that, but being aware of it and being kind and knowing that it doesn't make us any better or any less. It's just, we're all made a little bit differently, you know? And, and one last thing I'll say, and I, I have noticed myself, you know, back to that conversation, if there's one that you identify with a little bit more in your house, it's easier to have the relationship and whatever, Please don't, as your kids get older and as they leave the house or whatever, because I've had this happen in my life, like, don't, and I think this is worth saying, don't, don't pitch your kids against each other. Like, don't, if you're having a problem, say with one of your kids or one of your kids, you're upset with the way they behaved with you. This is applies for older kids, right? Don't go to the sibling and complain about it. Mm-hmm. that is a recipe for disaster. You're hurting the relationship with that kid. Like find somebody else to talk to. Yeah. Don't talk to your kids about that. Don't ever pit them against each other because you know, like the last thing you want to do is hurt the relationship. Yeah. yeah. And that, and I, and I think we had, can have the tendency to do that. I don't know why. I mean, I've noted, I've, I've done that in the past, you know? Yeah. So, so, and I think it's being aware of what was modeled for you. So that's, different than 
maybe what I, in, in my experience, in my experience, it was always like the parents are guarded front and then the children are here and the lines were not crossed. So I think there's like, you can have a tendency to be like, oh, one is better. But like, you know, on the other side, it's like, uh, sometimes we need to bridge that and, and be friends to our our kids as they grow older, yeah. right? And and not have that. But I do like that point to, to you. And I, you know, can see how that could cause a lot of hurt if you do that. And I think that's maybe just a place, maybe a line that <clears throat> you should set for yourself in that what is your out, what is your goal? Because if your goal at the end of, of like for you, it's that you have said that you want them to retain a strong relationship. So sure. you're not, you're not likely to cross that line because you know that that's going to completely throw, right. What happens yeah. after deaths of parents, usually arguments and fights, it's already going to be a, a yeah. time of increased yes emotion and right. uh, hurts and rejection and betrayals. So yeah, you if you have the tendency to do that, then that could just make that so much worse. So what is your goal? What's your end game going into it? And if you start, if you just keep that in fresh in your mind, because then you won't have to maybe, in, then you less likely to indulge in that moment where it would be easy to be like, to you see what they did? Yeah. You know? And Especially if you relate to one of them and the, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's very easy to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe yes. whatever, but don't you know, it's, I, I think it's great. I'm, I think we do that. I'm friends with too. all, we do. <clears throat> Absolutely. We all do that. Like there. you want to like, because it makes you feel closer to the person Women that you're driving that as with. a bonding mechanism. Yes. And I think we can do that with our kids too, if we're not careful. And, and especially with your kids, don't, don't do that. Like don't harm that. You just have to keep that in check. I know. And I'm saying that because I do it. Like I don't do it like regularly, but I'm aware that I've done it. Not like on a really harmful or big scale, but just little small things. That I'm like, I didn't need to, I didn't need to plant. I didn't even need to mention that. Yeah. I could have spoken to my husband about it. I could have spoke like yeah. whatever. I could have just let it go, but I didn't yeah. need to fuel his fire. So keep the end goal in mind. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's really good. And what else? I, I think I've gone off on some tangents. I hope it wasn't too confusing of a conversation. Tangents go to some fun places. Yeah. Tangents are the, are the sweet spot um, or take us cool new places. So yeah. nope, just, you know. If this is, it always comes back to me as a conversation around strengths and seeing people for how they are, what's right about people and less about what's wrong about them. It's, it's easy to so see good. with your kids when they're not like you, it's easy to see what's, what you would say, quote unquote, is wrong. So instead just focus on what is right about them, especially with those children that are, you know, bucking the mold, the family mold and doing their own thing, by the way. If you look in history and some of the most famous people, it's usually kids in a family, like those are, those are pain points that actually lead to, you know, the, yeah. the create that story, that tapestry of like where that kid's going to go and do big things hopefully. And, and, and so just nurture that, foster that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I, it's, it's so good. And, and once again, as we end this conversation, it's just, it's so important to, let go of the mom guilt and shame because we're all doing the best we can and we're all going to screw up as the kids are older, as they're leaving home. Like, please don't hang on to that because it just eats you up. And number two, 
the best way always to parent is to let them see what you're doing, not necessarily always telling them what to do. So once you again, can do both, but you can but do both, but they're, but they're not necessarily listening at some point people tune things out. So right. So be maybe. the adult that you want your child to become, be yeah. the adult you want your child to become and, that. and foster speak positivity over them. Right. Yeah. We're, and be as specific as you can, like, because just blowing smoke up some mm-hmm. your child's butt doesn't help them as much as like, oh, well, wow, you were really successful at negotiating there for that trading card or that yeah. playing card. And like, but you, but you did it in such a way that nobody knew that you were do- like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just get very specific, be observer of your child. I love it. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us again for this Interesting. We went in a lot of different angles here. Yeah. Um, but I think I, don't I think, think we've ever been... had a podcast like this. No, this was, a... it was all over the place. But <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it was just a topic we've never breached before. But, yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, please give us your feedback. We always welcome that. Feel free to DM us or email us. Um, and if you have topics that you would like us to speak about, don't hesitate because we're always here for a good conversation. Um And make sure you're following us on all of our channels, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We have our private Facebook group, Life After Kids, if you'd like to join that. Um, YouTube, if you prefer to watch our episodes versus listen to them, you can find the full episodes on YouTube. Um, And then definitely check out the website, www.lifeafterkids.com. You'll find our purpose quiz there. You'll find our blog. You'll find um, also our Life After Kids masterclasses if you want to take a deeper dive. So check that out too. Make sure you join us next week. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the podcast. And guys, if you have just a moment to leave us a rating and even better, give us a review. It helps so much. And if you like what you're hearing, share it with a friend. Mm -hmm. Pass it on. We would so appreciate that. Um, And other than that, have an awesome day. And- be the amazing woman and mother person that you are. Mm -hmm. Love it. Go do good. Thanks again for listening to Life After Kids. When you have a moment, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you liked our conversation, hit follow and share it with a friend. For more on Life After Kids, go to www.lifeafterkids.com. We'll be back every Sunday, and we hope you will too. Until next time.